Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. You are on Community Radio 3CR. This is the Spoken Word Program and I am George O'Hara and today we have a live recording from the Dan O'Connell Hotel with the feature poet Shalise Van Weingart. Born and bred in the inner city suburbs of South Africa, poet and performer Shalise lives and breathes for the power of words to rouse a crowd and change minds. Currently a writing student at RMIT, Shalise recently featured in House of Bricks, and she has been interviewed on this program, 3CR's Spoken Word. Her controversial, fiery, preach-style poetry has silenced crowds since her debut performance. When she's not writing, you can find Shalise behind a glass of wine and a mic, behind a megaphone at protests, or behind a 7-Eleven coffee machine with her ever-final dollar. So, let's have a listen to Shalise. We, we are flimsy constructs conjured up from dust. We, we are skin born from skin constructed of veins interweaving with webs of flesh. We, we are fragile filaments of a finer garment sewn into harmonious design. Yet we, Breathing things of same flesh and skin, bearing same blood pumping heart of the same kin, we, we erect delusions of ego and pride, classes and status to stick our faces behind for reasons too acidic to wrap around my mind. See equality, it was shot to hell along with the heathens. And the holy heaven-bound saints, these self-righteous freedmen, claimed the right to determine how God sees them. Your sex is inadequate. Your race makes you filthy. Your homosexuality doesn't sit right with me. So let's melt together discarded shells from shots fired at our brothers, together into an idol that we will name discrimination. A transcendent overlord fashioned from lead and tin. We will worship it in the name of Christ and pray to God that you don't see the ice in our eyes. We will place it in the church to make these hurting wretches feel lower than they feel they feel like dirt. Such a construct has the power to break apart interlocked human harmonies, hypnotizing our minds to believe that our brothers are lesser. Spawning segregation, war from religion, missions forcing souls to convert to the Western Sea. Our every right is under threat. We're controlled by the judgments of what authorities have said. Their superiority is an idol and we have become that idol's pet. In our heads, we've given them power and now we are that idol's pet. Please take what I suggest. 
Melt the lead and tin skin of that disfigured statuette and pour the molten metal overboard so it sinks to the ocean bed so all its plagues we can forget and we can reclaim our own heads. That was the first poem that I wrote. First time I ever performed at the Dan, I performed that poem. Um, it's probably one of my oldest in this set, and I still love it to death. Absolutely. The next one is The Origins of Affection. It's a love poem that I wrote a long time ago. Stem it from that rose blush, which blossomed the capacity of this heart. Or from the wild figure we fashioned in our quiet makeshift hearth. Stem it from that blood orange and swollen blue dusk when the hills drank the sun. My ears ever attentive to your musings, my own drink of fire, as you spoke into the dark. Stem it from the creases of crumpled up unsent letters, ever worn white dresses and exclusive gazes penetrating the recesses of my affections. The roots are deep. Wound around the cords of this switch that lets me sleep. What strange, delicate plant has grown in me? And what from it shall I reap? Okay, now hold on. I'm about to tell you my story. This is called Akeldama, and it's um, Akeldama means the burial place of Judas, or at least that's what my research tells me. And um, it's about my journey through quite a tough time, but also probably the most significant thing that I've ever experienced. See, Pandora's lost virtues. They used to clamor like coins in my pocket. Rubies that I exchanged for silver shards. Thirty. Bought from the shaking hands of the hanging trader dealing from under Golgotha. Hiding from the hanging god handing out eternal contracts to the poor. And now my pockets shine. And my eyes reflect them. Silver snaking flecks glazing the hazel I was born with. Oh. And how those bystanders stare when they notice that change. As if the glint's gone past the iris and has seeped into the veins. And the commandment-loving ladies point and whisper that I'm vain. Nudging holy pastor husbands who are sweating from their brow. Planning on how to wash the stains from wedding sheets that once were clean until a week after their wife went out of town. And they don't look, see. Their eyes once too were brown. Track back to when my hands first put my vices to the plow. Soft skin covered in a snow-colored shroud, snow-colored house in a snow-colored crowd. Clasping virtues handed down by father, mother, father. Forging a crown of rubies placed on my head. They said, Shalice, you'll wear this till you're dead. How profound. Dust molded into children from the ground, polished white to make the parents proud. When you are born into a cotton wool cocoon, raised into parents' values, parents' flaws, claws will start to scratch inside the mold, fighting to break free from the doctrines that conditioned you. 
Conditioned me, making me believe I'm thinking for myself prematurely. Since I'm a teen, I have no right to decide what I want and what I need. Were they right? Believe. Says the father, says the father, says the mother, says me. Yapping verses, see, they, they never leave, they never leave, they never leave, they never leave. See, Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart. Don't let it stray to the tree, don't let it free. Let it be solely committed to the king that called you. Yapping verses, they never leave, they never leave. John 3.16. Jesus hung on that tree. God born into flesh made weak, prone to temptation, never giving in. Yet upon contemplation, how can a man born into a world rife with sin stay so holy and so pure that the world hated him? Can almost hear them. Crucify him, they scream. Hang the king who brought a sword instead of peace. This is not the Messiah asked for, God. We asked for a being that would spoon feed our world with bleach. We knew it would hurt, but we didn't want to do anything. Please crucify him. Oh, please. He's asking us to trade our vices for a battle that is too hard to beat, and we don't even know if what he's saying is true. Stories told to me since I was an infant. Moses and the Red Sea. Trust God, you'll see he'll lead you to the promised land. But here's the catch. There's a highway full of beauties you can view but never touch. Just trust and follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me, Shalice. I knew you before you were even conceived. I knew the things you would think, the places you'd stray to, the souls you'd make love to, the vices you'd take to. I molded your mind as completely unique, yet I let you be born on the chance that you'll love me and join me in heaven when you go to sleep. God, cut the euphemisms. Join you in heaven when I die. When I die. When I die. After living a life dodging vice, I now live dodging bullets. Terrified of death, beating my breath, I wake up at four in the morning, tossing, turning, yearning, burning, sweating in sheets, already feeling six feet deep, losing sleep over a visions of a kid crying at the feet of the father for all the wrong things that she did. She is terrified of a lake of fire that may or may not even exist. And this is the message. See, Satan will give you what you want and crave now and lead you to a grave that is littered with dead pleasures while treasures in heaven await you. Eternal investment, just avoid the rest of it. (laughs) These verses never leave once they get taught to you. Romans 12 verse 2, I made this world for you, but be not of it. Do not love it. If you do, the Father's love is not in you. (laughs) Questions never leave. Father, if I have the capability to love the world and the world feels free and every opportunity carries beauty and sex with her feels holy, how can I believe that perfect love forsakes all of these? Questions never leave. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Track back to when my hands first put my vices to the plow. I was 11 when I figured out how to erase my history from the browser. 12 when I found out what to do when aroused, 15 when my pornographic habit took its course, and the remorse was more than I could handle as a Christian girl, so I called the church and collapsed in prayer on a Gold Coast beach, weeping. 
I remember it was freezing. At 16, autonomy entered my vocabulary, though some said it was a synonym for backsliding. On the same beach where I preached, I found release from an addiction. I sparked up another one with lighter flint chinks. I remember that first drag, disintegration's first tick, expecting an alarm bell, some kind of high, a heavenly shriek, something that would give my melodrama merit. I stood in silence with the smoke and sand surrounding my skin and troubled state, wishing for a hand to shake, or at least, if this can't be justified, send a sign from on high that will clarify this ambiguity. But who am I kidding? I'm talking to the ceiling, feeling cheated. Forgive me, for I don't know what I'm doing. I'm 16, a child susceptible to the sin that you hate, a naive little baby in a vulnerable state. If you hate this, why don't you stop me? Father. Nothing. And then, in the shadows, screaming loneliness, I finally heard a sound. Like a blade being sharpened. Like a hiss from a snake. Like the devil come to find me, it was coming from behind me. There, standing as I turned, a man. Silhouetted, wearing moonlight like drapes over his shoulders. Was that a noose around his neck? Silver shining eyes burned holes into me. He edged closer, and with every step, I heard a clamor. Silver shards, he said. Thirty. Just follow me. It's more of a gift than a trade, you see. I'll take those gems you've hidden, and you'll gain peace. Those verses soon will leave, soon will leave, soon. Luke 22, verse 42. It's time to have taken Jesus, please, for freedom from the death to come. Please take this cup, let me go home, but Father, let your will be done. He's sweating blood. He's flooded with the task of washing sin from us. A sacrifice that is a must. Excruciating love. And then a gust. A weeping wind arresting us, Gethsemane to Judas, Satan breathing through his lungs. The scribes are hiding idly behind the table in the temple, this disciple trembling timidly in shackles of betrayal. Was it him that did the thinking, or was Judas just possessed when he professed he would confess to where the crows would find the king? He would sing, playing this little birdie who's flirting with fire. Was it desire to be known as the traitor? What is it, human nature? Flimsy and giddy and jaded, easily persuaded. See, it's harder to be hated when you worship what is seen. Oh, Judas. It's harder to be hated when majorities agree. Don't do this. It's easier to act as if you've never loved the king. And then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said unto them, What will ye give me if I deliver him unto you? And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. Those... Self-righteous snakes sniggered at his foolishness. Silver scales glistening in the lamplight. Conspiring in a den they called the synagogue. 
They were pickpockets picking out the rubies from his robe. This disciple just hypnotized by the bribe. The reflection in his eyes, I remember. Silver feeding on the blue forever stayed. Oh, did he rue the day. Fashioning a slipknot, he took it to the grave. And now standing on the beach, I see him and me with no one stopping him, stopping me. It's easy, see, it's late. Temptation is erotic, hypnotic, melodic, and these rubies that await. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against a sea of troubles, hand in hand with heaven, chasing eternity, torn in two, I chase what it means to be. These verses soon will leave. Believe, says the Father, but the world feels free, though it's freezing out here. Shed a tear for humanity. My brow is wet. My palms turned red, but there's nothing in my way. I cast my eyes a final time to the sky, but I don't pray. I swallow and make the exchange. I can hear my mother weeping, pleading that I won't be sleeping when the end comes and the cock crows for the third time. Already my eyes are cocked to the clock, clenching gray sheets, waiting for thunderbolts. The 11th hour, I am the prodigal, finding pleasure with the pigs while the weather builds. God forgive me, for I know what I am doing. I'm still trying to be the best person I can be. See, I want you to look for me. I won't be found apologizing to preachers. I won't be found apologizing to my father. I won't be found under the covers breathing in and out the sun. I'll be found apologizing to the mirror for not being sorry. I'll be found stealing apples. I'll be found chasing cars. I'll be found sharing cigarettes with souls sitting on the sidewalk. I will be found finding. I find fractures in the pavement. I kiss cracks in broken windows, inhale squeaks from creaking doors. I find beauty in imperfection, and I will not let conviction run after me. Let me be free. Do not allow me to miss thee. My morality is humanity. See, I am happy, though I miss thee. However unholy this light of mine, my eyes still shine like the stars. And I am ablaze. Yet I can still feel my lips on thy cheek. I can still hear Judas whisper, you are me and I am thee. And I can still hear that knell resounding. You are listening to 3CR Spoken Word and a live recording of Shalice Van Weingart. A quick word about some live poetry gigs in Melbourne. The Dan O'Connell Hotel Carlton has poetry on every Saturday afternoon and Passionate Tongues is at the Brunswick Hotel every second Monday night. Westward happens out at the Dancing Dog Cafe in Footscray twice a month on Sunday afternoons. Voices in the Attic is run fortnightly on Tuesday evenings at Ferdedirk, levels 1 and 2, 239 Lonsdale Street, 
and House of Bricks on or near the last day of every month, run by our very own Santo Katsati, corner of Bud and Kill Streets, Collingwood. All of these gigs have open mics if you'd like to try your hand at sharing your work with others, or you can just go to listen. Check out the website, melbournespokenword.com, to find out more about the scene. So let's hear more of Schiller. Have we feasted on enough to match the temper of our eyes? Tell me, is willpower something you gain when you're old and wise? Because my knuckles wrestle with the notches of my ever-coiling spine. I've been trying to give my fickle will time, but it's ticking. And I'm wishing I had the knowledge to apply my courage to my wisdom. It's as if we always know what to do, but there's no backup to our convictions, so we evict them. Breaking hearts over mistakes we wouldn't make if we could make a proper choice instead of sleeping them away and taking trouble as it comes. And I still wonder what happens next after my last breath. I hear the humming from below, the kind of cry that causes quakes. They call it prison for mistakes, but... What if hell is just another heartbreak? Wretches wailing over second circle balconies, begging for their lover to take them back while the flames lick disintegrating railings. Lovers leaning over, losing balance between the quaking and the singing of the dial tone, see? Dante wasn't jesting when he wrote that sad chime. The woe that is the bitterest is remembering in our wretchedness those unreturning happy times. And may I add, for the sake of it, our crimes. See, if memory was as fleeting as a traitor's kiss on the cheek of Christ, our follies would feel like just another exhale, like the last breath and the next, and we would never need to confess them. We would forget them. See, it's not the axe that sends souls to hell, it is the will, or rather, the lack of one. If I could carve another circle into inferno, it would be for spinelessness, for the unfeeling ones. The ones that take it as it comes with no compass to guide their eyes from the grey to the black and white. The ones that make excuses saying it's okay to lie to your lover about what happened yesternight. For the ones that drink bottles dry at the dinner table with their children staring at their redding eyes, thinking it's a fair compromise because the right to get drunk is the only thing I have left to feel like a bachelor again. Because arguing is easier when you can blame it on the alcohol and your children are still too young to understand. For the ones that chase orgasms on a computer screen, Necktie loose and unzipped jeans late at night while the wife can't see. Magazine stashed under the left side of the bed, six feet deep on the wedding sheets. Should I turn the light out? Please. If your shoes were on my feet, I wouldn't want to witness my spouse consecrate their cravings with the click of a mouse. Am I not good enough now that sex is cheap? Now we can walk down the aisle and see Zoo right next to Dr. Seuss, justifying the fact that it's plastic wrapped as if the cover can't cover the eyes of our children. 
Grab the mag like you meant to. Slap down the cash and try not to cover your face from the man who sold candy apples to your kids a week ago. How's the wife? He asks with sad eyes and your mind can't help but take you back to the time where you couldn't help but smile. (laughs) But now you trigger the happy mask nod and say, yeah, she's fine. Bear your chest like you meant to. Justify your purchase. Just a man watching the menagerie, still adhering to monogamy, but honestly, how different are you now from what you swore you wouldn't be? See, we all claim to be free, to do as we please, until we realize we're only as free as our next decision or our next indecision, binding us to the consequences, chain link to chain link, choking up over the why and the how and the what went wrong, wringing our necks in frustration and the wish that we used the column created to hold our backs together, used our parents' information. See, how many times have we had our mother told us to stand up straight? As if it was some kind of metaphor to say, stand up for once and stop slouching like the missing link. Stand up for something you believe in. Stand up for yourself or for something. And at times I, I feel nothing. See, I'm preaching, yet I contradict everything that I'm teaching. I tango on heartstrings. And when the phone rings, I tremble with instinct. I'm in trouble with the one that I claim to love, yet my being says hide and retreat. So I look at my feet and tap, tap, tap it to the beat that's louder than guilty. And when I do, I feel filthy. And see, it's the same process. Thinking of another during sex... Thinking less of what is right despite your conscience. Thinking more of a good night than the consequence. Incompetence. Telling myself I have the right to not reply. I'm suddenly blind, suddenly shy, avoiding the eye. My point of vision is a window to my soul. So how can I face them? Face the facts that the spine keeping structured to my back lies fractured. Sold out to what's easy. My loose decisions incinerate me or create me. Either way, I refuse for that to be me. So take heed of my key. Though I hardly have any. I yearn to have the courage to face up to what I need. And I will try to utilize the fire of my fury. I will melt the wires of mistakes that I made into a noose to wrap around my flesh. I will lift my body higher and higher until I can hear the sound of my own liberation instead of cracking hearts and loose opinions. I I will light a flame that makes molten my spine. Be brutal. I will temper my backbones with steel. I will... Force myself to feel so that I can finally stand up for once. For myself. For something. Yeah. This one's called Concerning the Flesh. It's kind of a love poem. Flippant lips. Observe. 
Be it that thou flee from that fruit's flesh as moth from dark. Be shut. Lest crimson silk escape your tongue and wrap around her heart and lungs. Cease. Ye teeth that chatter, lest, lest she sense the looming cold, frosting the color of those veins like the hail ransom's rain. And you hands that have felt so much, every contour of the skin withdraw, lest your fingers reach within and slip silk ribbon into noose. Lest, like death row's final step, as rope is made to fracture neck, you fall as trapdoors are set loose and break the heart of that fair muse. Even she is not immune to the afflictions that you induce. That's all we have time for this week. This is the 3CR Spoken Word Program and we're on every Thursday morning from 9 till 9.30, 8.55 on the AM dial and web streamed at www.3cr.org.au. We also do podcasts. So until next time, this is George O'Hara for 3CR Spoken Word. Mm-hmm.